Welcome to a special edition of the Carolina Weather Group. I'm James Brierton in Charlotte, and we've got all of our friends here on the monitor joining us from the Carolina Weather Group. Scotty Powell in Myrtle Beach, Frank Strait in Columbia, holding down Charleston, Shea Gibson and Jared Smith. And I think you guys know this guy, Jim Cantori, back with us from the Weather Channel. Jim, thank you again for making time to speak with us here at the Carolina yeah, Weather Group. Absolutely. We have lots, lots we want to talk to you about. It's been a very busy year of hurricanes, tornadoes, snow. So let me ask you this. You've been doing this for a long time now, and you've seen a lot of big historic weather events. Right. Is there one thing from this year where you were out there in the field, live on the Weather Channel, and said to yourself, I've never seen this before? That's a great question. You know, it, 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 it's so funny that you asked that because the Weather Channel asked me that and all the other meteorologists that same question about a week ago. What was your event for 2022? And, and so, I mean, I was thinking about that for a while because I was thinking, okay, so the big traffic snarl in Virginia, do you remember that last with people's trapped on the highway? Because I was thinking of that because of what's coming up with, with this blizzard at the time we're recording this um, with the holiday. And, and then I thought, you know what? It's It's got to be Nicole because this is the farthest I've been from an eye or a center of circulation with a hurricane. But yet I was in the most impactful part of it because Ian just wrecked um, the Daytona Beach Shores, Florida. And, and I had met a guy. It, it was funny how this whole thing unfolded because I had met a guy two weekends before the storm. And he was like, Jim, you know, have you have you guys seen what what Ian did to Daytona Beach Shores? And I'm looking at this guy's pictures and there's like complete coast just cut, 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 gone. And then I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, with Nicole coming along, um, this 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 is already a massive cut. So it's just going to get ripped open here. So I'm like, I don't want to go to the center. I mean, a hurricane's a hurricane, a tropical storm. I want to go to where the impacts are going to be because we're going to have days and days of high tide erosion. And, and, and some of these places are going to fall into the ocean. <laughs> so that's where I'm going. So, so Nicole stood out to me because it was the farthest I've ever spent um, away from a, a center of circulation. And guys, we're talking about 110 storms here. So that's a pretty big deal. So, Jim, speaking of Hurricane Nicole, which brought some flooding to the east coast of Florida, the major hurricane this year was Hurricane Ian, where we saw uh, a track uncertainty. It started out in Tampa and then eventually went to the southwest corner of Florida. Can you tell us about your experience with Hurricane Ian? <sighs> Yeah, it was it was a really big event because I have a very good friend who lives in Bonita Springs and we were talking about it and I'm like, oh, you know what? The models are shifting this way and that way and this way. And I'm like, and I remember having to get in touch with him like 24 hours before the event. And, and I was like, Bill, it's not going to be good. It's not it, you're going to you're going to have water. You're going to have water in your house. And sure enough, he did. <laughs> he had it across the entire bottom floor. And uh, it's just one of those things where, you know, it, I think if you're a meteorologist and you understand surge and you kind of know what's going on, you expect it. But when you're just a person who, who's living in, in paradise, it's like, what the hell is going on here? And, and it's hard. It's hard to fathom and deal with. But he's just, you know, he's a tough guy. I knew he could deal with it with his family and things like that. But that that was that was the hardest part because now now it now it affected me in a way. Uh, it yes. So so going out initially, it was like, well, Jim, you may have to go to the Panhandle. I'm like, well, I probably won't be, but let's go to Tampa. Let's start there. It's a good center point, and and then we'll move from there. 
Um, and then I said, I'll give you two choices. I, I got Punta Gorda or I've got Sanibel. You guys, you guys pick where you want me to be. And, and they're like, well, in Sanibel, you could get trapped. I'm like, yes, you're probably going to have to come get me. But if you want the shot, if you want what you put me out there for, then that's the thing. I said in Punta Gorda, though, I could get the surge. I could get the wind and the eye wall. Um, you know, that's, that's probably where we're going to go when we leave uh, Clearwater Beach. And, that, and, that, and that's where we went. Now, we, because of the jog to the right, you know, Fort Myers Beach got it and we didn't get the surge in, in Punta Gorda, which is what we were preparing for. I mean, we were ready to go up in a parking garage and just let that thing basically flood because that's what I thought was going to happen. But yeah, Ian was uh, was was beast, dude. That was probably the strongest wind I've ever had to stand in. Yeah, definitely the strongest. You managed to have an encounter with a tree branch, I think, in, uh, when you were in Punta Gorda, right? I, I guess so. I mean, I, I don't know when somebody told me that, it, you know, Jim, your this video went viral of you getting hit by a tr by a by a palm frond, and I'm like, okay, so it was a, but but I mean, I mean, it was a testament to how strong the wind was because it was enough to just take me off my feet, you know, and, and I guess that's what what made it viral. But uh, you know what? Here's the deal, guys. I want to thank God that it wasn't a a street sign, <laughs> okay? Uh, because that's that's what that's my biggest worry. In, in a storm like that, when you have that kind of wind, you know, when we talk, when you're out there and that kind of stuff, you you, you wonder. You, yes, I got a helmet. I've got some body armor on, but a, a, you know, a street sign moving at ninety miles an hour. Uh, you know, I, I like to tell people just kind of jokingly, but. I don't really mean it, but I, I say, guys, look, when, when you watch a NASCAR race, you don't just watch these great drivers to make left turns for the whole day. I mean, you want to see the pile up. You want to see the crash. So I, I think, you know, it's like here, Jim, get into the eye wall. We hope you don't crash, but we kind of hope you do. But you, you know what I mean? That, <laughs> right. That's kind of where that's kind of where I'm going with that. Um, but uh, you know what? I'll take a pomp on over a, a street sign any day, <laughs> any day of the week. Right. Even with the body armor, that could do some damage to you. Yeah. Coming in the right, right way, way to slice coming into, into my you know? face. I, I mean, listen, I mean, I got to put something on because no one's going to come get me. I don't want someone to come get me. I don't want to put first responders in harm's way. I don't want to take them away from other people who really need the help. So I'm like, look, dude, if you can do the best job you can to protect yourself, plus show the weather, give the weather channel what they want, blah, blah, blah. Then, then that's, that's what I really have to plan for. Plus get your team out of harm's way in case the surge comes in. So we, I mean, all that strategy has to go into play before you pick your location, before you get where you need to go and, and, and eventually go live. Jim, let me ask you a question about street signs and other dangers. We love watching you out there. You love doing what you do. No one's trying to get rid of you, but do you, how much longer do you think you're going to do this for you? Is there going to be a point where you go, okay, that's enough risk. I have checked this box. My, I'm looking at my girlfriend laughing right now. Um, is this a conversation probably, probably, that comes up four, four years. Four years is what, uh, what I got in me right now. Um, I, I think starting January uh, 1st, we got four years left. And that's it. Okay. 2026. I, I mean, I don't know, whatever it is. My ego wants to get 40 years. So that's what I'm going to do. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Not not knowing your age offhand, I wasn't sure if that was retirement age or something. So it's, it's, no, it's it is 62, but thanks for asking. 
<laughs> well, that would be a remarkable. I mean, that would be a really remarkable run. Forty years. I don't. Well, I don't think it, a lot it's of different would... though than just coming into. I mean, guys, I won't lie. I'm I'm, I'm tired. I mean, it, it takes a lot to go out and go in the of field course. and come home and get life back together. I mean, it, it's it's a lot. But but forty years of doing what I've done, which would be now like thirty five of being in the field. Um, I, I think that's it's let, let let the kids do it. Let the kids have some fun. I guess let me ask you this. In the next four years, is there something on the Jim Cantori bucket list yes. that you have not done yet? I know where you're going months? with that. I don't, you don't even have to finish the question. Uh, I got to get a North Dakota blizzard. So out of all, so out of all the states, and I'm even Alaska and Hawaii, I've never been to North Dakota for a blizzard. I've been to Rapid City. Uh, I've been out and I've shot. Now, this is just any weather story or any feature for the Weather Channel. I've been to Oregon, Washington, where every other state but North Dakota. So I got to get a North Dakota blizzard uh, into the mix. Absolutely. That's what I got to do. What is your words of wisdom to kids uh, who are going through maybe high school, middle school, into college? Like, what, what is that word? Like, if someone says, Jim, you know, give me some words of wisdom if I want to pursue this career, what, what would that be? I'm, I'm going to tell you exactly what my dad told me um, when I was sitting at the at the dining room table and um, he looks at me and he says, son, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? And he said, you know, he goes, make sure you love what you do. <laughs> love what you do. You got to wake up every morning for the next 40, 50 years of your life. Love what you do. It doesn't matter what it is. Just love what you do. If it's meteorology for, 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 for these folks that you're talking about, then do it. But, it, you know, make sure you put the you're ready to put the work into it, too. Because I'm not a I'm not a trophy for tenth place kind of guy. Okay, I mean you got to put the work in, and, and that means um, I mean I'll, let me tell you a little story, guys. When I when I first got to the Weather Channel at 22 years old, I didn't know where the Cayman Islands were. I didn't know jack about the damn tropics, and so John Hope, who was like everybody's grandfather back then, you know, he he actually came up to me and he said, you know, Jim, your 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 tropical updates need work. They're just not very good. I was crushed. I was absolutely crushed. And it, but it was it was motivating because I'm like, you know, here's John, who's my mentor, and he's not happy with my tropical updates. And so I got to study this. I got to learn the tropics. I got to learn what makes these tropical waves go or not go. And so I did. <laughs> but but love what you do. And if you love what you do, you are going to do the work. Right. And you're going to wind up doing what you what you love doing. So that's my advice to you. Jim, if it makes you feel any better. I remember watching back then when John Hope was around and you were new um, and you ended up being a great explainer of what was going on and why. Like you broke it down, I think, better than anyone there for for a number of years. Uh, it was just it was refreshing to have finally have somebody not to just say, well, here's this hurricane. Here's what's going to be going. You get the detail into it. These these outer bands are going to come, you know, uh, into the coast. This can be your first warning that something's coming. And uh, you really just gave really gave it some vivid description, which was really yeah. good back then. Thank you for that. I, I really appreciate that. But that's John, you know, and I think in a way that was me 
showing you I was learning, <laughs> right? I, I, I was showing my audience that I was learning and, and that's how I did it by, by explaining uh, those things. It's like, Hey, I've kind of learned this, but yeah. now I'm going to explain it to you and share it and share it with you. Um, so yeah, that, that was a, that was a good, that was a great lesson to life. It's getting to the point, Jim, where you have to get a little creative to find something to do that you haven't done since you've been doing this for 35 years. I mean, uh, after you had the North Dakota blizzard, what what is it? Uh, a Saharan dust storm in Cabo Verde? I mean, <laughs> you have to start thinking outside. You the know, box. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. So, so I was I was on another podcast a couple of weeks ago with uh, with Josh Morgan and. Um, I mean, what a great guy. I, I've never really met him at all in a storm. I was kind of amazing, but he gets to go wherever he wants. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm going to go like, like I was so jealous that I didn't go to Canada for Fiona. Okay. So it's a business guys. What, what kind of return on investment are we going to get sending Cantori all the way up to Canada to Fiona, I mean, you know, he's obviously going to get blown around this, that, and the other thing. But what, what, what are we going to get as a return on investment? And that, that's how the business looks at it. And I get that. And I'm not, I'm not complaining. But I would have loved to have gone to that storm. I mean, think about this. Strongest hurricane ever on record in Canada, right? That was a really big deal. And, 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 and so then he, do, he does that. Then he comes down for Ian. And it's like, dude, I'm so jealous about that. Um, that was, that's what you get to do. When you're when you're on your own, we had Mark Suddeth on the Carolina Weather Group a week or so ago yeah, back, Mark. and he said he was in route to Canada, and had to turn back for Ian. So I think he he shares that with you on a little FOMO. You, I, yeah, I mean, you certainly take the chance of getting stuck up there because you know once you get off the the main path or <clears throat> if something really disastrous happens to the airport, it's like oh gosh, now I can't get out. And, and come back to the States, um, which is where, you know, I mean, Josh is going to make his, his dough where, wherever he winds up, you know, and, and Mark probably more of the same as well. But, you know, th th those guys have it a little bit better because they're, they're not tied down to a show. They don't have to be, <laughs> hey, I need you on the air at, uh, at certain time. Make sure you're, you're back on the air. So that, that's, that's really the big deal for, for me. It, it makes it a little bit more restrictive. Jim, I will always remember your snow coverage and, uh, you know, taken back to, I guess it's been about a month ago now since we're recording this in later December is the Buffalo snow event. I mean, oh my the God. Buffalo Bills had to cancel their game, go to Detroit. Um, tell us a little bit about that. That had to be fun to come. That was, that was an incredible event because once the, once the governor shut down the interstate, all the all the commerce is like, look, Governor, thank you for doing that, but I still got to get deliveries to Ohio and Pennsylvania. So what they did, what they did with though, dude, they they all, they drove all the way down through that snow band south of Buffalo. So they, you know they're still trying to get to Pennsylvania and Ohio. So they got off the interstate, which was fine, right into Buffalo. But then when they got south on these secondary roads, it just locked them up. Okay, you had tractor trailers, slipped sideways, cars. I mean, everybody was just slipping and sliding. You know, snowfall rates of four inches an hour. I, and, and honestly, when we went to Hamburg that morning, I didn't think we couldn't get out. But when we tried to get back out and get back up to Buffalo, uh, you know, after, after eight hours of broadcasting and being soaking wet, it was just like, oh, gosh, now we can't get out. We're kind of trapped here in Hamburg. <laughs> so th there was like a couple of cars that we had to help push out of the way. And if we hadn't have done that, 
guess what, guys? We were sleeping in Hamburg. But what's interesting is when I left, they only got half of the snow that fell in the entire event. Okay, so they had another 40 inches to go. And that that's that's what blows my mind because it literally piled up and piled up. That's that's the most incredible snowfall rate I think uh, I've ever seen. I mean, really, it, it just you could not see down the street 100 yards. You could not. And, and kind of tying it in was with storm surge. Um, a couple of Ripley. miles means the yeah, a couple of miles means a big difference. Yeah, Fort Myers Beach versus Punta Gorda. Um, okay, Orchard Park, Hamburg versus Buffalo, right? I mean, Buffalo got waves of heavy snow, and when the band did come up there, it just it didn't stay long enough to cripple the city. And that's that's really what inspired me about that event. I'm like, okay, so you know, so if you read all these discussions, and these guys, listen, the weather service in Buffalo, they've done this. They look at Buff Kit. They look at how these bands change and where they go. I'm going to take their lead. I'm going to follow their lead on this. And, and their, their big issue was the fact that you had such a, a thermal difference between the lake and the air that they, they were talking about how this would shift the band back up north over Buffalo. I'm like, that is really interesting. Um, let, let, let's go see what that does to the city. I mean, if you cripple a city of a million people, I mean, that's a big deal. That's a big event. event. So I need to be here for this event. And either way, okay, so here I am. Okay, great. It's going to stay south. I'm going to stay south. I'm going to go chase the band. I'm going to be in the heaviest snow for, for TV. But holy smoke, man, what a, what a difference. You're right. I mean, Scotty, to, to, to get out of Hamburg, we had to go east, south, east again, north, west and then southwest so so what was a 25 minute drive from hamburg to buffalo was two hours and 25 minutes yeah extra two hours on that deal ouch in the end we still had a record in buffalo okay the the band stayed over buffalo long enough to even produce a record there what what i don't know though and what i don't think has been talked about is did we set somewhere in in the state of new york a, a, a 24 or a 48-hour snowfall record. Have they just said, no, that's not happened? I mean, because if you remember the, the debacle back in Montague where they got 77 inches, I can't even remember the year now. It's so convoluted. But, but the fact that they didn't measure it properly, they, they did uh, six hour, every six hours instead of every four hours, it, it negated the record at Montague. Well, did somebody measure the Orchard Park or the Hamburg snow properly for 24 hours and 48 hours to give us a state record. Cause really all you needed to beat was 50 inches in 24 hours. So, so I don't really know if, if that's, we haven't had time to go back and, and talk to the weather service in Buffalo about that, but that's, you know, inquiring minds want to know, right? Oh my goodness. Uh, Jim, you know, I was going to ask about the going back to the warm side of these winter storms and it just certainly seems like, you know, everyone thinks everyone associates spring with tornado season. Everyone, you know, it's like, that's the kind of the, you know, this thing that twister glorified. It's the thing that everybody is, is, is what people are thinking about, but we, we are seeing some really violent events in the cold season now. I mean, just a week ago after this, before this recording, you know, it, through new orleans yes twice yeah how weird is that uh araby yeah like a freaky track um but that's 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 la nina guys the 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 la nina winter 
severe season, I think is really under, under advertised, if you will. Uh, It's, 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 it's serious and it's bad because it's at a time of the year where people aren't thinking about it. It's before Christmas. Um, I mean, thank goodness we didn't deliver these long track EF4s like we did uh, in uh, 2021, which actually took us from, you know, Myrtle Beach with, with Ed in our last situation. But I mean, it, it was still bad enough. I mean, you, st- you still have potentially a, r- a record number of tornadoes in Mississippi and Louisiana. Um, and, and, you know, we, what do we have an average 23 tornadoes in the month of December? So it's, it's, it's just crazy when you think about this, but La Nina, especially anything in the moderate range, I think gives us a really dangerous second season, which is this winter winter tornadoes in the South. Yeah, it was, I I remember watching that that morning and it was just like everything, literally everything is spinning. Right. Uh, Oh my gosh, guys, that was, that was the thing about this. So here I am on the air. I mean, I'm on the air six to 9 a.m. Let's face it. When you look at tornado times and when they usually occur, that is not usually the busiest time for tornadoes, but I've got warning after warning. I've got seven, eight warnings lined up and I've got debris signatures. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I mean, they're just everywhere. So, uh, like the November, the late November outbreak, and then the one we just had recently, it was just, I mean, that was really crazy. That was really- yeah, I mean, we had, we had tornado emergency, I think, going into the Dallas Fort Worth yes. area. The grapevine tornado, I mean, yeah. At, at seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I, I know. I, I don't know how you even prepare for that. Um, people will be like, what? A tornado emergency? You got to be kidding me. Uh, but, but, that's the thing guys there's no it's interesting when we look at what's usual about seasons now it it's it's just different you know whether it be flooding you know these flood events that we had in july these six historic flood events or or uh you know the hurricanes i mean look look, who would have thought that we went from mid-july to the first 10 days of september with no tropical systems. And then all of a sudden it goes gangbusters again. Right. And then we had this huge October and November and, you know, it was just like, wow. So, and that was just to get us to average in, in a year where it was predicted to be way above average. So it, it's just, the seasons are kind of, it's just, it's just kind of weird. You know, speaking of Ian again, coming up off the Florida coast, up to the Carolinas. Right. Um, how about that? I mean, we're in Charleston here wearing jackets. Right during a hurricane, you know, very odd, you know, with that cold air spilling down from the North and then you have a, a tropical system that it just, it is just really unique. You know, I don't think we've ever seen that before where we've actually been cold in jeans and jackets during a, during the middle of a category one hurricane. So that, that was the worst, worst track, worst scenario. You know, you bring in a cat four, you cross it over the state and then it, re, it it's over the warm water it redevelops. It's got enough structure to go again. Um, and that gradient just stuck with us forever. And that's what caused all this erosion. And I mean, you had it up the South Carolina coast. I mean, my friends in Myrtle Beach, I mean, this guy owns tons of condos and stuff like that. And he's like, Jim, I lost my whole beach. I lost my whole, you know, deck. I had the, the pool full of sand. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I believe it. I believe it. So that was, that was rough. That was rough. You got to look at the you got to look at the, the, the meteorology. Okay. Look, look at the, atm- okay. Look at the atmosphere. Look at the water. It's still warm. I mean, if the parameters are still there, then boom, you know, we're, we're, we're going to have the chance to, to get these, these odd 
events um, where you normally wouldn't find them. Jim, I think that's very well put. Uh, we appreciate all you have done and continue to do to inform the public, to set standards, high bar here in the industry, and for every year taking time out to talk with us here at the Carolina Weather Group. We know you don't have to do that, and so we appreciate that you do. And we <laughs> well, want hey to wish guys, you listen, a safe, uh, happy new year. Thanks for having me. I'm sorry to cut it short, but my little Dolly is here, my little daughter who is going to be out of town for Christmas, so I'm going to go uh, spend some time with her uh, right now. But listen, guys, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I don't know when this is playing, but um, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you, Jim, and to everyone who's been spending this year with us. Thanks so much. We'll see you back here in the new year.